0: With a country divided, the republic at risk, and morality being redefined, it's time to gather round the campfire, get back to basics, and spark the revival that this country so desperately needs. This is the American Campfire Revival with Kirk Cameron.
1: This is, this is our chance to get off the defense, get on the offense and say, what's my plan? What's your plan? What is your plan? Instead of instead of just crying in the corner at the way we see things going in our nation, let's come up with a plan. And I believe that when we look to God and and with our whole hearts cry out to Him and do what He says, He'll lead us down the path of victory and He'll fight our enemies both outside uh, our nation and inside our nation on our behalf because he is for um, liberty and justice and goodness and righteousness and peace and truth, not corruption, not lies, not deception, not hypocrisy, and not tyranny. He's 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 not down with those things. So, let's let's pray and start our uh, our, our little evening here tonight, Father. Uh, because you live, we can live, Lord. You say that. Because of the stubbornness and the selfishness that lives within us, we have died and we are dead because of pride and ego and rebellion and wickedness. Lord, so we know the demons that live within us and yet you've defeated every single one of them and you give us your spirit and your power to come alive, to come alive to you, to come alive to what is good and what is right. God, we are so thankful that you haven't uh, overlooked us and all the important things uh, that you are accomplishing. We are so personally grateful that you've accomplished in us the overwhelming of our sin and uh, bringing us to life by faith. And we ask you to continue to, to nourish us and feed us by your spirit and, and with your word, so that we can live in a way uh, that says "Thank you and that honors you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well uh... I'm really excited. I can't wait to jump into uh, this lesson this evening uh, out of this book called The American Covenant. And again, The American Covenant is a a, a term that this author uses for the untold story of how our founding fathers, our forefathers before them made these sacred promises with God and that the secret to the success and blessing of America, uh, to its its liberty, uh, the reason for its prosperity, prosperity and it's thriving and it's growing and it's beauty is because of the relationship that they had with Almighty God and they made a promise, a sacred contract that they would honor him and live for his purposes and to the degree that we keep that covenant as, as uh, descendants of our founders, I believe that we will see the blessing of God in our nation and when we get away from it, uh, we incur the suffering that we're experiencing right now and we can get back to it. I believe that God is long suffering and patient and he's longing for us to return to his ways. So uh, in this book here, there's this wonderful concept called, uh, a chapter called What Your History Books Never Told You. And it's a reference to how often history classes are, are just about, about a bunch of dates and dead guys and brute facts that happened a long time ago, and I was never very interested in those. But I met a man who actually wrote this book who said that our, our founding fathers had a providential view of history, and that is they believed that God was actually writing a story, and he's still writing the story. And you and I are characters in that story right now, and it's being played out on the greatest stage uh, in the universe, right here on planet Earth. And that house in the background is a prop on the stage. And that this fire pit and that flag are, are, uh, are set pieces on the stage. And they believe that God was, was working all things together to accomplish his purposes and goals. I mean, even think of the pilgrims. Uh, they believe that when they landed in the new world... Uh, there, there was a famine had struck the land and, and, and there were resources there for them with no one that, that seemed to own them. And they believed that God had provided for them these hidden, uh, pits full of corn and they had fish and streams and, and they were able to survive, but things got worse and worse. And then they met someone named Squanto. This was an Indian. This was a native, native American who spoke English and they were in trouble with the other tribes and this this uh, squanto actually had been uh removed from the the new world and taken to england where he learned english and providentially came back found out that his whole family had been wiped out by a plague and was able to speak with the pilgrims And it helped them to uh, negotiate peace treaties with the other Native Americans. And it was this amazing story. And listen to what the governor of the pilgrims wrote in his own journal about Squanto. He didn't say, man, we sure lucked out. He said, no, he said, Squanto continued with them and was their interpreter and was a special instrument of God for their good beyond their expectation. They saw Esquato as, as being sent onto the stage by God himself, knowing English no less, to help them beyond their wildest expectations, and they were so grateful. So uh, this is this is the point for us to consider this evening. I believe the same thing that our founders believed that God's version of history which is the only true version of history. There's false views of history, uh, twisted by people with biases, but real history is his story. It's God's story, and he's working all things together for good since the beginning of time to demonstrate his goodness and his justice and his glory so that Those of us who are on the stage at this moment can see it. If only we will remember what he's done and have eyes to see what he's doing right now. So what if, what if history is not just a bunch of random facts and things happening by happenstance, but what if it's the great author of life writing the story that includes you and me at this very moment, and we may be in a chapter of the story where things are exciting and positive, or maybe like now we're in a chapter of the story where things look, look dark and they're foreboding and, and danger looks like it's just, it's, it's, it's cresting over the horizon and we're not sure what to do. Well, those are some of the best chapters in some of the very best books that we've read, aren't they?
0: Hey guys, it's Kirk here. Did you know that another option to traditional insurance even exists out there? I get that it may come as a surprise since we're so conditioned to think traditional insurance is our only option, but that's simply not true. My family has been using Christian healthcare ministries over the last several years, and I cannot recommend them enough to other like minded believers looking to do things differently than what we've been told to do. CHM is the faith based alternative to insurance. And most importantly, with CHM, we know that our money is going to help other fellow Christians when they're in need. And this is how we like to steward our dollars when it comes to health care. Are you tired of your health care the same old way and want to do things the better way? I highly recommend you start by checking out CHM and see if this is an option that could work for your family's health care. It does for ours. It's not harder, but it's different in the best way. Learn more today by visiting chministries.org forward slash Kirk Cameron. Again, that's chministries.org forward slash Kirk Cameron.
1: Check this out. Noah Webster, he was the great educator in early America. He was actually the author of the First American Dictionary, the Webster's Dictionary. Listen to what he said uh, in 1870, uh, 1828. He defined God's providence as "quote the care and superintendence of God, the care of God and the superintendence of God." What's a superintendent? Uh, he's the one who watches over the school, right? He's in charge of the school. It's like it's like this world is a school that God is superintending as we learn how to love Him with all of our hearts and love our neighbors as ourselves. He exercises this care over His creatures," Webster said. Some people admit a general providence, but deny a particular providence. They think God's watching over the big picture, but he's not involved in the details. He says, but they forget that uh, a general providence consists of the particulars, right? The the whole thing is the ocean, but it's made up of all the little droplets. So if you're going to control the whole thing, if you're watching over the whole thing, you're watching over the little details as well. A belief in divine providence is a source of great consolation to good men. And by divine providence is understood God himself. He's saying the fact that God's watching over and caring for things is great news for good men and women. And by watching how he cares for things, you know who God is. If I want to know what kind of a man you are, I watch over how you treat your wife and how you treat your children. That'll tell me about what kind of a man you are. If you want to find out what kind of a woman you are, what kind of a, of a mother, what kind of a friend, what kind of a wife, what kind of a daughter of the king are you? As I watch the way you care for others and care for your relationship with God, that tells me about you and the way God cares for his world tells us a lot about God. Noah Webster of Webster's Dictionary, the great educator and statesman was a devout Christian, a brother in the family of faith, who had a providential view of history. It wasn't just random stuff. It was God working it all out. And notice that he said it's a good comfort to good men. Isn't that interesting? There should be a peace in your heart and in my heart knowing that God is watching over everything. And the converse is true too. If if God's watching over everything, well, that's bad news for the bad guys because he's watching over everything to bring about his good purposes where the bad guys lose. Now, you may be thinking, uh, I just don't see how all of this could be working together for good. Listen to this beautiful explanation from a, from a historian named uh, the Reverend S.W. Foljambe. He was uh, writing in 1876. He said, it has been said that history is the biography of the world. What's a biography? Well, it's the story of someone's life. So history, he said, is like the story of the life of the world. If the world had a life story written, it would be history. But he said it's even more than that. In a profounder sense, it's the autobiography That's just someone who writes a story about himself, the autobiography of him who works all things after the counsel of his will. That's what it says in the Bible. God's working all things after the counsel of his own will. That's what we've been saying. He's the blessed controller of all things. He is is the author of the great story, his story, history, and it's his autobiography. What a beautiful way to look at the events of the world. God's autobiography. Now, you may be thinking, I don't know, if I was the God of history writing the story, I, I'm not sure, I'd, I'd, I'd include the chapter we're in right now and chapters that have been in the past that have been horrific. I mean, we are headed down the wrong road and it looks like the bad guys are winning. Though There are people in power who are bad guys and there are good guys who are losing. Well, listen, think of it like this. Did you see Lord of the Rings? Frodo and the Fellowship of the Ring. They're trying to make it to the mountain to destroy the ring. But, but all of the odds are against them. Sauron is too powerful. It looks like he's going to lose. And then all of a sudden, against all odds, when all hope seems lost in the darkest chapter of the story, almost miraculously the tables turn and they secure the victory. Now let me ask you, would the story have been a better story if you had just cut out all the parts and all the chapters about the bad guys and Sauron? No, that would have ruined the Lord of the Rings. If you had no Sauron, there would be no challenge. There would, <clears throat> there would, be, no, there would be no tension. There would be no fight. There would be no need for character development for Frodo and for his friends. The fact that Sauron is there is an integral part of the story. And the fact that there is evil in the world and that there is difficulty and that there is a need for a fight and the need to develop courage and character and virtue in you and me is all part of the great story, which makes it so brilliant. Trust the author of the great story that you and I are in right now. Trust the author of history because it is his story. This is our great consolation. And this is the bad news for the bad guys because the pits that the evil people dig for others are the very pits that they themselves will fall into because God is the author of the story and the good guys win. We just have to stick around long enough to see the closing chapters. And you and I get to play an important role in that story. So if you don't know the author, you're going to be confused. You may be frightened and full of fear. My recommendation, become friends with the author of life. And then you'll understand who you are and why you're on the stage of the world at this moment in time and what he intends you to do. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you are the great author. We thank you that that uh, life is not full of just random happening things. We are not the product of chance, but of a great, intelligent, beautiful mind, and you have purpose for us. Lord, help us to play our role as a mom, as a dad, as a movie maker, as a as a singer, as an artist, as a poet, as uh, uh, a technician, as a a builder, as whatever it is that we are, Lord, we are playing a significant role in, in the great story of life. Bring it all together to the great crescendo of victory and liberty for us here in America and for those of the family of faith all around the world. And let our victory be the victory For everyone. We love you, Lord, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys.
0: Thank you for listening to the American Campfire Revival Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. If you'd like to learn more and join the movement, visit KirkCameron.com.